We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Friday, the ninth day of December, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and the fan favorite, Marty Foster. Marty, how are you? How was your trip? Oh, uh, very well, thank you. And uh, a very nice trip. Uh, went to visit Hampton Court Palace. Had a, had a nice wander around the apartments of several of our past Tudor monarchs. And, um, and then... Once it got dark, there was a, a fantastic light and laser show in the gardens. Got overcharged for a hot chocolate, overcharged for some mulled wine, overcharged for a venison burger. But all in all, very, very nice. Thank you very much for asking. That's how good. I'm guys? glad. I, I'm doing fantastic. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive, yeah. That's good to hear. That is good to hear. I saw some rather disturbing news coming out of uh, one of your councils this week, Marty. Um, I suppose we can start there, uh, and then we can, you know, go down the road. Did, do you ha do you happen to have your notebook this evening or no? Uh, no, um, I've I've dispensed with the notebook for environmental reasons. Oh, I see. Paper is murder. Uh, papers murder. Okay, all right, got it. Well, uh, just so happens that there is a city council in. Um, uh, or county council, rather, in uh, in Oxfordshire, who has said that um, they're going to start climate lockdowns next year. This was initially put in through like their their dockets and everything they have to do for their official public record and, and everything like that. And they said uh, after they started getting all kinds of hate mail uh, and threats and, and things like that, you know, that they said, no, 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 no. Today, they said, no, 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 no. We didn't actually say that we were going to do that. That's not what we meant. Okay, well, what did you mean? Let's take a look at what they meant. Oxfordshire City or County Council yesterday, uh, sorry, excuse me, because in the U.S. we say city council, so county councils, uh, yesterday approved plans to lock residents into one of six zones to, quote, save the planet from global warming. The latest stage in the, quote, 15-minute city agenda is to place electronic gates on key roads in and out of the city, confining residents to stay in their neighborhoods. Do, do you remember we talked about uh, with social credit? I said they're trying to make it to where you can't even visit a park in your town three or four times in your life. This is literally what this is. Under this new scheme, if residents want to leave their zone, they will need permission from the council who gets to decide who is going to get allotted their little freedom and who isn't. Under this new scheme, residents will be allowed to leave their zones a maximum of 100 days per year. But in order to even gain this, every resident will have to register their car's details with the council, who will then track their movements via smart cameras around the city. This is an actual quote from the from the actual the thing. 
A spokesperson for the council told Oxfordshire Live that the information was taken from a recent council decision to green light traffic filters in the city. The filters will ban private vehicles from six areas of the city at certain times and are set to be introduced following the completion of a rail bridge works on Botley Road in 2023. So you see, Marty, they're already starting with this. And I just so happen to have a a nifty little cartoon that uh, the World Economic Forum put together a couple of years ago. uh, And they were talking about this is the 15 minute city. This is how it's going to be. So you'll you see how everything's kind of working together here. You've got eat healthy. You can learn. You can work. You can share and reuse, stock up on things, enjoy the outdoors. You can be engaged in your community. You can take care of your health. You see, you can manage your own health. Of course, with all their injections, of course. And you see, you can get around the entire place in 15 minutes, and that will allow you to stay active. I don't know, know really what you expect me to say about this other than Oxford County Council can f*** right off. They haven't got the authority to do any of that. This this is, again, just a little push to see how far and measure how far they can push people, pushes around. They have got the right to uh, restrict traffic. I mean, London does it already, you know, with the, oh, the charges. The, that they, the infamous congestion charges, yes. Yeah. And again, if you've got a really good park and ride system so that you don't have to have your city centre full of private cars, I've, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. But the rest of it, they can sod off. There will be pushback against it. It, it won't. It won't happen. Not on my watch, anyway. I have to go into Oxfordshire quite regularly, but I don't go into the city itself. I mean, the city is full of historic buildings, and there's no doubt that the emissions from cars mixed with the air and moisture is eroding uh, some of the more ornate uh, masonry and, you know, the frills that you get around these these buildings. Um the gargoyles are suffering, shall, shall we say. So I can understand from that perspective, but the rest of it about not going outside your zone more than 100 times a year. I'm wondering, because I'd actually been clued in about this by somebody else. And again, I'll, I'll use Bruce's word. The most benign thought I had in my head was that maybe they're trying to stop so many people buying a second home just because it's in Oxford, you know, the the place with the the very prestigious university, but never living there. So so you've got these huge parts of the town and the county that are mostly empty because just really rich people have bought a second home just to say they've got a house in Oxford. Do you think this could be a case for uh, driverless cars, as in like, you know, the ride hailing service like uh, Uber or something like that? Because they're running a new um, uh, a new plan in Las Vegas. Uh, they're they're rolling out these driverless Ubers. And th- I again, I I see this as a, as kind of a, a beta testing ground. We're going to get rid of all the private vehicle ownership and we're going to issue special permits and passes for you to have one. Because I remember seeing something a few years ago out of um, uh, one of your uh, your think tanks there in the UK, uh, and it's it was called uh, Plannedopolis or something like that. 
And it was this woman that was walking around. She was narrating. She says, oh, there's a car. And you'll see one of those every once in a while. Only rich people have those. This would be an example of what they want to do with shared ride systems. Take a listen to this. Again, this is out of um, this is out of Las Vegas. This is what they're doing with Uber now. Well, Uber and Motional are announcing the launch of a public robo-taxi service starting today in Las Vegas. For the first time ever, public Uber riders can now hail a fully autonomous ride. We've got Yahoo Finance's Ali Garfinkel on this story there. Ali, I mean, how significant is this development and what kind of demand are we talking about? It's pretty significant, Akiko, and it's worth saying that in terms of demand that how this actually works is kind of a game of chance a little bit, because that was my first question. How on earth does this work? The answer is you actually go to your Uber app, you go ask for an Uber X or a Comfort Electric. And it might match you if you're in Las Vegas with an autonomous vehicle. Now, there is a backup driver still. The goal is eventually that there won't be. But, you know, the gist is, you know, you you go on the app, you will have to opt in. They won't just give you an autonomous vehicle you didn't ask for. And uh, and then they and then, you know, then you can open you can open the car door with your app. OK, well, you get the idea. Uh, yeah, not for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's, it's kind of. um I mean, two minds about it. One, one of the worst jobs that I could imagine ever doing would be taxi driver. And at the same time, I still think that that job and that opportunity for people needs to be there. So, you know, it's it's just a way of the big part of the company, not the individual Uber drivers from, you know, it means that the the corporation makes all the money. The individuals that they've got working within the corporation will not be needed. And what are we going to do with all these useless people? That is a good question. What are we going to do with all these useless people? I mean, I ask myself that question daily when I hear this next individual that I'm about to play, because all of this is being done in the name of climate change, right? We've got to do all this and we have to change all these things. And we've got to put in all these driverless cars and, and, and electric. Well, they're all electric driverless cars because of climate change, right? Well, what do you do when you have so many of these useless people that say, how do you tackle climate change if people don't even believe that it exists? How do you successfully end a war if people are led to believe the reason for its existence is not only legal but noble? How do you tackle climate change if people do not believe it exists? How do you ensure the human rights of others are upheld when they are subjected to hateful and dangerous rhetoric and ideology? How do you tackle this problem when people don't even want to acknowledge that it exists, Marty? I, I just can't get past her teeth. It's a good job she wasn't born in Africa because ivory poachers would have had her ages ago. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being flippant. Don't apologize okay. for that. No, she's atrocious. She is a hag. But let's go back to the first thing she was talking about. How do you stop a war when people believe it's just and the right thing to do? So on one hand, she's talking about climate change which they want us all to believe and on the other hand we've got the war in ukraine which is neither just nor nor the right thing to do from either side from the russian side or from the ukrainian side however people like her people like our prime minister people like the german uh, head of state and the president of the united states are sending money hand over fist into ukraine so they're not stopping that element at all, are they? They could stop it. You know, money is the sinew of war. Stop the money and the war stops. But 
they're not doing that. So on the other flip side of it, they're, they're all they're trying to convince us, or she, she is trying to convince us that we should all fully believe in everything we're told about climate change, which the evidence of our own eyes is is denying that on a daily basis. Uh, at the same time, we should believe in peace. And I can't remember who said it, but it goes something along the lines of when the power of love is more important than the love of power, then we will have peace. But all of these freaks, you know, all, all of these politicians are pissed on power. That's where we are with it. They haven't got the good intentions to which the road to, pay, to hell is paved with you know, to fix countries' problems. All they want to do is control, control, control and restrict. And yeah, I, I'm sorry, but yeah, she's a piece of work. I'm going to throw my theological hat into the ring. And uh, she asked how you can stop war when people think it's right and just. That is actually a very simple task. Overwhelming force and firepower. That is how you stop a war that is just. How American of you. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the, how American of you. That's, I mean, that's, that's what we do, right? Yeah, speak softly, but carry a big stick. Exactly. That, that is how, unfortunately, in the world that we live... God, you know, I, I say that, and at the same time, this is probably the most peaceful uh, humans have been in the entirety of human history. I mean, if you really consider uh, the, the past and how quick we were to war or to fighting and everything, this is actually quite peaceful, considering. But that aside... The English nobility, so the Saxons and later the Normans secured England and the United Kingdom as a country, they still had claims to land in France. So every time they the, the old coffers were getting a bit empty, they'd send a party of knights across and would ride up the, the Seine and sack Paris and bring all the gold back. If you wanted a piece of land, you went and took it. This is one of the things that's upset me about all of the conflicts that we, we've had of late that have been pushed on us by... No offense, guys, but American foreign policy. No argument. If you're gonna if you're gonna go to war, take the real estate. Keep it. If you've lost men, blood, uh in in fighting it, keep it and and make the place better for the people who live there to live in. But that's not not what's happened. Who's heard a damn thing about Afghanistan since Everybody pulled out and left a bunch of Stone Age morons in charge. I think you're being a bit hasty. They are businesslike and professional, Marty, according to the U.S. Uh, State Department. They, they, they've paid for some very businesslike and professional people to sort their financial investments out after have. being, you know, uh, pallet loads of cash being delivered at Kandahar by uh -huh. the U.S. Yeah. to to pay the um, pay the Taliban off. So. Of course, they'll have some smart business-like people, but the majority of them are... In fact, it's unfair to Neanderthals. Um, <laughs> don't to, forget to, the fact that we turned them. over... Yeah, don't forget the fact that we turned over Bagram to the CCP. Well, again, we've talked about this, but no one's paying attention. No one's actually um, realising that the whole thing was to ensure that the Chinese could extract as much lithium and other rare earth metals as possible from Afghanistan. If you look at, I saw uh, a video of settlements shown by light 
uh, and where everybody lives. And you've got certain geographical features that means that people just live live on the periphery of it. And Afghanistan, you've got this massive mountain range in the middle and all the population is spread around the outside. Well, in the middle of all that is the CCP mining to their heart's content. And the Taliban can't even be bothered, you know, to, to go there. They're, they've been paid not to now, handsomely paid not to go and bother the Chinese but they really probably wouldn't have bothered anyway. It's it's just too much of a arduous trip to go and slot a few CCP People's Liberation Army guards and stop the mining. That's true. Uh, before we get too far off track, just keeping with this climate thing until we uh, we switch into uh, transhumanism, because I want to talk a little bit about that today. These are some high-priced restaurants in downtown London. Uh, Marty, you, you can verify that there are some very expensive, well-to-do places to eat in that city, uh, and it will cost you uh, literally almost an arm and a leg to eat at some of these places, yes? Yes, yes, of course, if yeah. you go to those places. If but you go there to those, are, yes. If there are equally excellent places to eat that won't cost you that much, but... Yes. Uh, these fine individuals that you see here, these are uh, Animal Rebellion. This is a, uh, a spinoff of, you know, Just Stop Oil, Extinction Rebellion, and, you know, all the rest of it. Uh, by the way, Just Stop Oil, they glued themselves to uh, both runways of the Munich airport today in Germany. They shut down the, uh, uh, the entire... Uh, airport for a good number of hours today until they can go out there and pry those morons off of it. Uh, but these are people that go in and sit down and uh, they're disturbing all of the um, uh, the individuals that are in there uh, having their meal. And rightfully so, the police do uh, drag them out. And I'm, I'm happy to see that. And the next one you're going to see uh, here is the restaurant staff themselves dragging them out uh, and closing the door behind them. Well, that was all done very friendly, wasn't it? Uh, that, that was that was there was no it resistance was, yeah. there, and she is the smartest, most elegant dressed protester I've ever seen. You know, I think it was Coco Chanel said you can't go wrong with a little black dress, and she did look good uh, at the moment that she was being dragged out of the restaurant by some extremely smart staff. I just wish that it happened more often, but of course, this will happen in a high-end restaurant, it won't happen where the likes of you or I are going to um, go out for dinner because so, the police just can't be bothered. Yeah, there was uh, a lady because, that was... There was a lady that went into a restaurant uh, last week and did the same exact thing, an Animal Rebellion woman. She was in there while uh, Sir David Attenborough was having his, uh, his evening meal and she was going to uh, lecture him about saving the earth in the proper way. What was he having? Was he having roast loin of panda or something? Um, um, it could be. I'm not sure. I, th well, I, I want to say it was one of these high-end seafood places. Could have been one of those. Oh, yeah. Well, you'd, you'd think a naturalist, not a naturist, because that's something quite different. A naturalist like David Attenborough would be completely vegan, but he's not. And I think there's a clue. You should just eat whatever there's most of, uh, apart from bugs. Anything else you'd like to say on the uh, the climate change front before we move on to uh, the next point here? Um, no, climate change is inevitable and it's happened all the time. And we need to measure up what we're being told and to look at why we're being told it. Because we're not the ones who are polluting the world. It's big corporations. It's countries like India and China that are polluting and no one's stopping them. We're the ones who are being made to suffer uh, in order to uh, compensate for the complete disregard 
to the environment that China and India has. That's well said. Uh, and I, I agree with you. They're not held to the same standards in any other, quote, developing nation. They're not held to the same standards. But we're told and well, actually, we're not told we're lectured to from upon high that we must change our way in order to conform when, in fact, they're actually going to be manufacturing all of the uh, electric cars and everything. I mean, what do you think China got uh, Afghanistan for was exactly what you said for the lithium mining so yeah. they could make the batteries for the cars that we're supposed to drive and take. So yeah, but I want to I want to move on to something else. I want to move on to um, what Klaus Schwab talks about, and that is uh, transhumanism. Uh, Bruce, we've discussed this before many, many times. We've talked about how they're going to integrate social credit, digital IDs, and uh, and and all of that stuff. You got Elon Musk with his uh, his neural link. You know, this guy wants to put a chip in your head at the end of the day. Now. I heard an interesting uh, take on this between uh, Steve Bannon and uh, a gentleman he had on his uh, his podcast. And I want to play this here because this warrants a discussion and it warrants a discussion based on and we can go this way with it because this is a theological kind of way of looking at things. Bruce being the house theologian and of course, Marty being the way that you see religion is the controlling of the masses and everything. I, I understand. So this could be an interesting conversation. That's exactly why I wanted to play this. But before we get to this, good idea, bad idea. I personally, me, I think this is a bad idea. Uh, when you start toying around with this kind of stuff, and and again, you know, as I, I said earlier in the week, if we can do something as far as easing human suffering and things of that nature, okay, right? I'm, I, if we can fix birth defects and if we can cure blindness, if we can stop cerebral palsy, Bell's palsy, muscular dystrophy, multiple sclerosis, all, all the usual neurological diseases, uh, Alzheimer's and all that stuff. If we can actually fix this and this can be used in that way, I'm all for it. However, we all know that the people that are behind all of this, they're not going to allow it to be used in that way because that would mean that they're actually going to try and benefit humanity when they don't want to do anything of the sort. Guys like Noah Harari, guys like Bill Gates, they want to 86 humanity. They want to get rid of everybody. So why on earth would you expect them to turn around and help you? So good thing, bad thing. Do you agree with what they're trying to do, the direction they're trying to take it? Do you not agree with it? What, what do you think, Marty? Well, we've already bought into the idea, haven't we? Uh, when I say we, I'm using the royal we, as in most of the developed world. We're already carrying around smartphones. The number of brain tumours that have been the result of our constant use of telephones, anything transmitting within the, um, you know, from, from microwaves further down the, the spectrum is having an effect. We are more and more, uh, the old telephone, uh, you know, the, the landline, operated off of a 50-volt supply, and it was a tiny DC voltage that carried the uh, the sound from one end to, to another. And these new phones are, are transmitting and receiving much, much higher frequencies, and they're causing problems. So the idea of having a chip implanted, which has to have a power source, and that power source They've probably got some bio way of of doing that, but it's that they're, they're still transmitting and receiving at much higher levels than we can cope with without being affected. So it's untried, it's untested, but we've already bought into the idea because we need to have everything at our fingertips. I absolutely miss the days before mobile phones. I really do. There, there's people who are listening to this podcast that have grown up knowing nothing different 
But in those days, if someone needed to get hold of you, they had to hope you were in. They had to hope or send you a letter and say, will you be in at this time and I can telephone you? There was just so much less stress. All I can see with this transhumanism is that individuals will be under enormous amounts of stress because their every move is going to be tracked and traced. Their thoughts may even be used against them if they're not thinking in the right way. They'll work out whatever uh, harmonics of brainwaves it is when you're thinking bad things. They'll work out what that is and they'll find some way of capturing it and alerting themselves to your bad intentions. In fact, on my trip yesterday, I had to forego a coffee. I wanted a, a grande cappuccino and I went into uh, a globalist outlet which was the only ones available at the train station and when i went to pay in cash he said i'm sorry we can only take card i said why can you only take card it's company policy so i said well your company can stick its coffee up its ass because i'm not having it so i didn't have a coffee i could have paid by card but i didn't want to pay by card i don't want that kind of restriction put on me as i've said many times as we've all said keep using cash. I've noticed recently in my local area, bearing in mind that I live in an area that is is less than fortuitous, it's one of the most deprived areas in the country. And there's two cash machines, both of which have been out of action for the last five days. And I've been into both outlets or both shops that have the cash machines next to them and said, why is your cash machine out? Oh, I don't know. They haven't come to fix it in both places. So something is going on. You've got Royal Bank of Scotland taking its cash machines out and filling the, the hole back in, in in their branches. You've got HSBC sacking thousands of workers and reducing the number of branches that are available to the customer. Transhumanism is the route they want us to take. So when your guard prods his bayonet into your back and says, go that way, it's never a good idea to go that way. And when 10,000 of you look round and see there's only 15 guards, take the guards out. That would be my motto. Um, we're being forced down a route we don't want to go. There are more of us than there are of them. Tell them to get stuffed. Before, uh, Bruce, you give your uh, your response there, I'd like to just play this really quickly. Just a trigger warning, Marty, because you said give you a, a trigger warning before you're about to hear the man speak. This is Klaus Schwab on uh, the stage of the World Economic Forum speaking to Sergey Brin of Google about uh, what you said. You walk down a dangerous path when you run the risk of them being able to read your thoughts. And this sounds like some science fiction stuff, but again, this is Klaus Schwab himself saying it. Listen. Can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains and um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants, I can, and we measure your, your brain waves, and I can immediately tell you how the people react, or I can feel uh, how the people react um, to your answers. Uh, is it imaginable? Um, I, I think that is imaginable. I think it's imaginable, uh, and I I think they're um, they're actually doing it. Uh, guys like Musk, they're actually doing it. Musk even said in his his latest one about the Neuralink two or whatever it is that they're developing. This one will be completely uh, wireless. 
and it will be an input-output device. Well, there are certain things that we don't want to output, wouldn't you say, Bruce? Yeah, there's there's a reason sometimes that, um, well, growing up, you're um, being taught that uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Uh, th there's times when it, it just warrants not saying anything at all, because um, you may have some thoughts towards the individual that, um, uh, for the sake of civil interaction, you wouldn't say. Well, they, they say you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And if if you have a bad, bad reaction to an individual straight off the bat, if you react to that, that really is the end of it. You've, you know, that's any possibility of a friendship or, or connection or cooperation gone. So you don't want someone necessarily to know your surface thoughts. And sometimes you have to give someone a bit of time just to get used to who they are. And maybe that first impression you got was misjudged or wrong. But if your every thought is being read by others, you don't stand a chance. And, and if anything, it would make more of a conflict. Yeah. Uh, the other issue I see with this as well is we humans have um, subconscious thoughts as well. Like, uh, and I, and I don't just mean subconscious thoughts in the sense that they're thoughts that you don't realize you're thinking, but also thoughts that are not directly controlled by you. You'll, you'll have a thought pop into your head or something, you know, um, one that comes to mind is like, a, um, a call the void, you know, when you're, when you're close to a ledge or something like that, you get that, you know, quick thought of jumping off or something like that. There's times when you'll have a thought of something and then you shoot it down in your head. You don't necessarily want those aired. You know, you don't necessarily want, you know, there's times in people I've interacted with that I care greatly about that I'm just like, there's a family member that is far left. They are quite the loon in their beliefs. I'm not going to tell them you're a complete imbecile because, uh, you know, for, for what you believe, because I care about this individual and their, uh, you know. Uh, the relationship that I have with them. Yeah, but that blood, said, blood is thicker than water. And, yeah. you know, family is family. Obviously, I wouldn't say, you know, if I had a family member, for instance, who I knew to be a serial killer, I would turn them in or deal with them. But just about everything else that isn't a, a crime um, is forgivable. Uh, someone's opinion and political standpoint should not be classed as a crime. So if you're a prepared to cut someone a break, eventually you will find that common ground and maybe they'll talk you round or you'll talk them round. But if you're not talking, nobody's coming together. Nothing gets fixed. You're, you're also going to run into the situation of if they're tracking all of your thoughts and anything you're thinking about, that also then means that they're probably taking a record of it. So if you're if you think something that is, uh, for example, um, the sanctioned thought is climate change is real, man-made climate change is real, and we're all going to die unless we are a part of the Paris Accord, uh, or, you know, the, uh, maybe, maybe that's, uh, you know, something that they're monitoring, if you will. And you're in discussions with somebody about this and they're bringing up information about it or, you know, talking about it. And you're like, man, this is a bunch of BS. This is stupid. And you're thinking that. Now, not only does that person know it, but now the government knows what you're thinking as well. Uh, so it creates a very dangerous precedent to 
God, this is like minority report level. Like this is like uh, another one. Uh, uh, if you're into the Marvel movies, Captain America, I think it was um, uh, Winter Soldier, I think is the one. Uh, but anyway, it's it's where they create the big airships that are supposed to shoot, uh, you know, use lasers to shoot people that have um, that are predicted to be a problem in the future. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's basically what this is going to boil down to is if your thoughts are, well, for example, those of us that believe in freedom, if you're thinking about those kind of thoughts, well, you're going to have the government, they're going to give you some kind of prescription, or you're going to go to the, uh, local reeducation camp, or, you know, it's, it's going to be something like that. Or if you have an implant in your head, that means they could bombard you with thoughts. If, if it's a sending receiving device. They could be implanting thoughts themselves, uh, you know, sanctioned thoughts. I don't know, man. I, I just I don't like the idea of having something implanted in my brain. It's one thing to have um, like uh, like you lost your arm or you're, you're, you need your eyes replaced or, you know, something. There's some kind of defect like that that's connecting into the nervous system. That's one thing. But having something directly implanted into the brain, there is no filter. There is no... There's no way for you to block out that information. Whereas if it's sending signals through the nervous system, that that's going to be a complete, it's going to be the difference on scale, uh, I, I would say is it's much lower on the, this is dangerous scale because it, when you receive nervous uh, system signals, it's not direct thoughts. It's not direct emotions, those kind of things. It's, does this hurt? Is this pressure? You know, the, the sensation this is, you know, it's very basic information, if you will, in comparison. The bandwidth is much smaller. So I'm less yeah. concerned about having a arm replaced or something like that than I am a Neuralink. Yeah, so back in my day, it was Steve Austin and the Bionic Man. Every kid was, you know, that was how sick it was, actually. When you think about it, it was quite a sick... And I mean sick as in bad, not sick as in cool and good. Idea that children were thinking, oh, well, maybe I'll lose both my legs in a horrible accident and get bionic ones so I can run faster than anybody else. But yeah, you're right. If it's something to restore quality of life, then some people, once they've perfected these things, may, may take that option or be offered that option if they can afford it because it's not going to be free, let's face it. But let's hypothesize for a moment why Klaus Schwab um, was asking the question. Why was he asking, is it possible? What does he see further down the road? What use? What use is a, is a chip that picks up your emotions? Control. It's, a, it's only got one use. It's control. It's, it's to identify someone who's not with the narrative. So... You know, they, the, the WEF pretends they're, they're a good ideas club, yeah? That's what we used to call the wardroom, you know, the officers on board, the good ideas club, because just about everything they ever thought of would spoil your day. But the reason Schwab is asking that question is because he would love to know what people really thought. But actually, he can do that without implants. All he needs to do is is get out of Davos come over to the UK, particularly the south of England, and I'll let him know what people really think of his ideas. Actually, and I promise I, I would leave him in one piece. 
<laughs> actually, I, I believe all they have to do, or actually all he has to do, is just allow comments on the things that they post. You notice they turn off the comments on every time they post something, either on their website yeah. or you know on their um, uh, on their Twitter feed or, or YouTube or something. They turn off all the comments, even though they say in their PR campaign at the end of every ad, they say like, comment, and share. Okay, well, I'm willing to make a comment. Are you willing to read it? No, they're not because they don't get anything positive. They never do. I think that they know that they're hated already, but they just don't care. They, they just simply don't care. Well, that, what would be useful is to identify those that are on board with their ideas in, and separate them out from those yep. that are not because that's where the resistance is going to come from. That's right. This is Steve Bannon uh, with a special guest on his show talking about the connections between transhumanism and the book of Revelations, which is a comparison that you've made before, Bruce. So I want to see how this lines up with your uh, way of thinking. So, Joe, why don't you tee it up and I want to get Dr. Taylor Marshall in here for his uh, his thoughts and how this applies and how people should study Revelations, particularly given today's uh, environment, sir. Revelation singular. No, Steve, I've never really been much of a biblical literalist, but it's impossible to ignore the fact that, that, that transhumanists or biohackers, uh, Elon Musk, uh, all of these sort of techno fetishists, when they talk about digital implants, the most common are the, the digital implants in the hand uh, and the digital implants in the head. And you put it in context of the book of Revelation and the, the passage uh, referred to a beast that demanded that uh, every man and woman take a mark in order to buy or sell, you know, in order to participate in society. I, I think it was probably as valid uh, in the time of Nero uh, as it is now, but I, it's impossible to ignore. I think the reason that uh, people look out on the world and, and look at the advancement of technology, uh, they, they think about like this beast whose uh, kind of inanimate image somehow manages to speak. Um, it, it, it reflects the images in the book of Revelation, and I, I see it as a perennial symbol but I, I definitely understand why there's an end times feel to our era. When you look at the presentation that Elon Musk gave, uh, he really was much more uh, forthcoming with his overall view and his intention for Neuralink. Uh, and, and with the entire presentation as a whole, with all the different people working on it, you got a comprehensive view of where the technology is at and where it's going. So he talked about a device that would be able to eventually in the future read the entire brain so that, uh, you know, for the materialists, which most of these people uh, tend to be materialists, that is the soul. Yeah. It reads the entire soul. And he talked about it being an input output device, meaning that yeah. it would be able to read the entire brain, but also to transmit information into the brain and to do so through artificial intelligence in order to communicate directly with artificial intelligence system, with basically with disembodied yeah. spirits, to put it in religious terms. So, yeah, all of this is, is beyond yeah. terrifying. I, I, mean, I want to get I want to I, I want to get into I want to get into I want to get in the end. Twitter is a tinker toy. That's a side gig he's playing around with. That's a tinker toy. It's a tinker toy. His SpaceX and these other things, Tesla. This is some of the most complicated. If you sat through the engineering presentation, the distilled version that morons like myself can understand, this is so sophisticated. They've worked on this so hard. 
They're so many years more advanced than anybody thought, right? This is the main event. He is changing the core of what it means to be human. I want that to sink in. This is their, this is their, this is their talking. And his concept is that I'm doing this so we can get ahead of artificial intelligence. And you're already a quasi cyborg now because of your attachment to your cell phone and how you can't even leave the house without your cell phone. Joe, I want to bring you back here for a second. We don't. And one of the reasons I brought you over here was the way you kind of factually lay things out and don't get ahead of things. Um, we don't have our tenfold hat on. I mean, we pride ourselves in the word. I've always prided myself in my life to focus on those things are the most important and not the things people are talking about, but things that that have great changes to it that lead to great changes. Um, what, what Dr. Marshall just said right there is that they have been maniacally focused. And we talked about this whole transhumanism thing when they're talking and they used yesterday. They, they talked about the paraplegics and they talked about the blind and they talked about, um, you know, putting the ship in. It was going to be so helpful to people with Lou Gehrig's disease and all that. They're talking about it all the time. That's just a cover. That's not what this is about. The all these techno oligarchs are all dead spiritually and they're all stone cold atheists. They think, man, and they are maniacally focused on living forever themselves living forever. This is why it's uploading themselves into some digital, uh, their brain into some digital universe or whatever. That is what the focus is. And they are creating, they call them techno human beings. This, this is, and it's not science fiction anymore. Last night for four and a half hours with a very sophisticated team of engineers, they went through and they did open questions and answers. And Joe, you and I were a little shocked about how open they were about where this is heading and how far they're advanced. Joe Allen. You know, uh, to, to riff off of Taylor Marshall's point about man seeking to become God, uh, it, it really is a central theme in the transhumanist literature, uh, in, in their various lectures and conferences, almost to a man, with, there are exceptions, almost to a man, they talk about creating artificial intelligence systems that are so powerful, so intelligent, that they are, in fact, gods. Elon Musk talked about uh, the reasoning behind Neuralink is so that human beings can keep up with artificial intelligence systems that are smarter than human beings, so that then human beings become, in some sense, divinized in that paradigm. They become as those gods, as those digital gods. And that goes from everyone from Kurzweil to Ben Goetzel uh, to Max Moore. And then you also find it in the more normy sort of tech uh, community. So you have uh, for instance, Eric Schmidt in his book, uh, The Age of AI, talks about how the expansive knowledge that uh, artificial intelligence will grant human beings, it's akin to what the Gnostics desired. And uh, you, you find it in, in Mark Zuckerberg in his desire to integrate the metaverse or virtual and augmented reality into church services. And uh, with uh, uh, Jack Dorsey, Elon Musk's predecessor, he described Twitter as a global consciousness, right? This sort of uh, mystical expression of all human minds. And it's, in essence, a sort of pantheistic God being. So it runs through all of it. I think uh, Voltaire said, uh, if God didn't exist, it would be necessary to create him. And, uh, you know, he was being tongue in cheek. But in this situation, you have men who believe that God does not exist and find it necessary to create him. Uh, Bruce, I'll, I'll let you go first. But just, I mean, talking about in the context of them becoming gods, I can think of no better example of people that 
uh, tout that line more than Noah Harari, advisor to Klaus Schwab, where he says that God is dead. We've killed his uh, we've killed him spiritually. Now we need to kill uh, the body, which would be us because we're made in the image of the creator uh, by uh, biblical terms. And then he says, well, uh, this whole idea of the Bible, the whole thing's fake news anyway. This is a guy that that says that, well, we're just going to have to get rid of everybody uh, and we're going to evolve as in the uh, the upper classes, the elites, if you will, are going to evolve into gods. Yeah, um, the the whole idea of them being gods is actually uh, reminiscent of the story of Babel, how they decided they were going to build a tower up to God and overthrow him, basically. It's uh, nothing new, them trying to be all-powerful. I, I just wanted to, there, there was uh, something that I was reminded when, when I was uh, listening to that. They, they were talking about Twitter and how it's nothing more than a tinker toy. So there was a entrepreneur that suggested to Elon Musk that he should use Twitter as a foundation point or a, a basically a marketplace, more or less, to basically allow people to interact and then on the side have a market that allows them to buy and sell things using crypto. And it was also suggested that um, perhaps content creators um, that produce things, they would get uh, potentially earn crypto uh, from Twitter or uh, allow people to donate to their favorite content creator using crypto. So basically making it a much easier uh, way for people to use crypto and, and, you know, have that marketplace. Now, Taking this into light with Neuralink and uh, what they were saying there, basically um, trying to keep us relevant, more or less, within an AI world. I could see the what he was talking about there. You'll have a an implant or a chip that um, allows you to buy and sell. And if you don't have this, you're unable to buy and sell. I mean, uh, we've already seen the beginnings of those kind of things. The other thing that stuck out is uh, they kind of glossed over it a little bit, but how he was talking about the, there's a point in uh, during the tribulation, uh, Revelation talks about that the Antichrist basically brings life to a statue is how it's described. Inanimate object is what they said. In today's world, we could see something like an inanimate object coming to life. Artificial intelligence merged with a machine that looks humanoid or, you know, something like that. Like the robots uh, and, that Boston Dynamics makes, for example. Uh, like something like that mixed with, I mean, uh, as an example, we've seen this in uh, sci uh, science fiction all the time. You know, look at the Terminator movies, look at, uh, you know, machines that are, you know, iRobot, look at... Um, Star Trek, Data, he's a machine. I mean, you you look at the different characters that, that are throughout that are just artificial intelligence, right? So we've already been kind of playing with this idea and, and dumping an artificial intelligence into a machine, bringing it to life. I mean, that would be quite a, a feat, uh, especially if it's someone uh, like an AI that's able to uh, communicate and seem human on the same level as human. There are so many comparisons within Revelation to what is happening now. Uh, and something that struck me, the word golem, you know, we all know what a golem is. So that that's a, a basically a construct that is animated. And I'm sure the word golem is actually a Hebrew word. So these concepts 
go way back to pre-biblical times, that the idea that uh, an inanimate object will be brought to life. But all three monotheistic books in chronological order, the Torah, the Bible and the Quran, are basically, they were pieces of software. They were pieces of software back then. And, and it was a way of downloading a set of behaviours. And they were benign originally. The whole concept of all three religions was was born out, out of a, a, a benign desire to live better and to live in peace and to have good society. But they've all been corrupted. All three books have been corrupted one way or another. Whether you've got the way in which the Bible, for instance, was decided upon at a meeting, I can't remember the name of the place where they had it now, and which books stayed and which books went, which parts of the story stayed and which parts went. Again, that was largely down to subjugating the poor, installing the divine rights of kings, and denying the divine feminine. Then you've got sections of the Quran, which are used to promote holy war and violence against kafirs, infidels, non-believers, whatever you want to call them. And within Judaism, to me, all three, all three religions have got their own individual problems. And the problems I see with Judaism is one of non-inclusiveness, for want of a better word. You have to be born a Jew, down your mother's line. I don't think there are easy routes to converting to Judaism. And yet it's it's spread across the globe quite admirably. So yes, there are, what's the word I was looking for, comparisons within Revelation that talk about the time we're living in now. But those those things have been happening at various stages throughout history. Anyway, once everybody started to be able to read or the majority of people were literate, then they were able to download direct rather than have to go through a third party, a priest, an imam or a rabbi. I personally believe that there's a spark of divinity in all of us. So I, I'm thinking a little bit the same way as they do, that, that humans will transcend. But we can do that without chips in our, in our head that could actually be used against us. We can do all of these things that they want to achieve without the aid of, of technology being implanted into our brains and linking up our neural network. I don't know where else I can go with this. It's it's just a bad idea, and we need to say no, and we need to stop craving that next technological advance. Are we craving it, some... though? That's that's the question, well, though, right there. Are, are we craving it? As in, like, I'm talking about, like, us down here at this level. Are we craving it? Are, are the are, Is the average person out there, are they craving it? Bruce, you're nodding your head yes. Are they craving it? Yes, yes. Um, I, I, I think the average person, especially when you start getting into the younger generations, they are quite fond of their electronics. And to be fair, I'm quite fond of my electronics as well. I mean, I have a love-hate relationship with them. Uh, I quite enjoy them. It makes life a lot more convenient. But at the same time, I hate them because there's so many different problems and, and things. Uh, the more complex the system, the more things can go wrong. And that's that's the issue I have with these things. And that's uh, another thing, but uh, another direction we can go with this. When you start implanting um, uh, chips, uh, you know, different, you're, you're creating a complex system that hasn't 
we, we, we've created on our own using imperfect materials, not saying that the human is perfect or any of those things. I'm saying that whether you believe it was created or whether you believe it was, it, it evolved either way, there's been a long process of evolution or, or uh, design. And now we're just going to development. It's R and D, it, isn't it? Yeah. There's been a lot of R and D. And then now we're going to start implanting it with impure devices, impure being we can't make uh, chips that are perfectly like the materials we use that are perfectly pure to where there's no faults and the the mechanically they're not going to fail. We can't do that right now. So if you start implanting these chips, what kind of software errors are you going to run into? What kind of hardware errors? What kind of damage is that going to do having it directly implanted in your brain? Not not to mention all this stuff that we've already talked about, but there's so many other uh, like what 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 happens if there's a power surge? What is that going to do to your brain? What happens if there's like an EMP that goes off or or at a very local level even? Uh, lightning creates an EMP. What is that going to do to this hardware? What is that going to do to your brain with the direct connection? These are these are all things that have um, not been tested as far as I'm aware. This isn't something that's you know. No. And look at the, to your point about the complexity and, and doing untested things, let's just apply that to the last two and a half years. Look at what they've done with something that was an untested technology there and with the complexity that they've implemented this. They can't even manage that. And now you're going to put something even more complex in. And you can apply this also to the financial system, as in like this new crypto, uh, not crypto, but crypto was meant to get everybody into it. But this new central bank digital currencies, you're going to bring in something that's more complex you're going to bring in something with an ID system that's more complex than people carrying a plastic card around? I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. These people can't manage a, a lemonade stand, let alone a system that's 10 times, 100 times. And when you get into the human body, 10,000 times more complex than their even most basic understanding. And I don't I don't see that being a success at all. I see it going horribly wrong if they uh, if they continue down this road, quite frankly. I, I didn't mean to talk over you, Marty. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Something earlier on, I thought about it when we were talking just a little while ago. You've got thoughts going on at so many different levels. You've got those primeval thoughts, the, the very core of your brain that makes you want to be warm, safe, well-fed, and procreate. All of that's going on at a real low level. And, and because of the way our world has become where where we are being entertained on screens we are watching things that are not real before it was all human interaction and those thoughts was those really deep thoughts were slightly different now the imagery that comes into our head um gets changed it gets changed by so many things the the images that, that we see in magazines not that we have many magazines nowadays the images on on screens on our computers on our tvs our streaming services one of the worst things is is porn because at, at the very center of our being is a desire to procreate and when we're constantly having those kind of thoughts having it corrupted by pornography uh, conjures up all kinds of images in the brain and thoughts that you immediately suppress because you know they are not they're not appropriate and they're not healthy. Imagine if all of those were downloaded somewhere. And what happens when you can't afford the upgrade? Oh, uh, we've just released Transhuman 7.4. 
please press your thumb against the payment reader for the however many thousands of dollars, cryptocurrency, whatever it's going to be then, to get your, your upgrade. And even if you can afford the upgrade, is your brain going to shut down with a buffer symbol while it all reloads? You got uh, it. Is that what's going to happen? You got it. You know? Um, we'll, um, we'll go. Uh, yeah, sorry. Carry on. No, no. I was going to say we're actually uh, we're actually at time here. Uh, I was going to ask you for your uh, your final thoughts, but just on that point, uh, you mentioned there about uh, pornography. You know, it's purposely put there to demoralize us. So that's why it's there. Uh, it, do you know why it's free? Well, because people are clever and they find out how to get it for free. I don't know. I mean, I don't, you... it's free because you pay with your soul. Ah, oh, there you go. Okay, uh -huh. but on the subject of of things that that basically steal your soul and your attention span. Your friend of mine, Nigel Farage, recently posted saying, thank you for the 300,000 or maybe 3 million likes on TikTok. And I thought, TikTok, what the absolute F do you mean, TikTok? Why are you on TikTok? I actually typed it in a, in a reply, which I'm sure he's never read. But it's, it's a device invented by the Chinese Communist Party to minimise everybody's attention span and fill our heads and time with a complete load of crap. And you've got people like Farage jumping on board and proudly boasting of his 3 million or 300,000 followers. It's this is the way we're going. And Bruce is right when he says the average person craves these these next innovations because our lives have become quite dull unless we're constantly stimulated by something. And, and in most cases, it's TikTok or the latest thing streaming on television or, you know, it's less and less normal, healthy human interaction conversations to spending time with someone doing some some kind of pursuit so yeah we are craving the the next innovation and we need to stop somehow no i, I agree with you about tiktok and in fact there are there's a number of state governors in the united states that have actually uh, signed orders banning that app from government issued phones uh so i mean hey i I don't, uh, I don't disagree with that, uh, to be fair, because of exactly what you said. That's what it's designed to do. And it's coming from our biggest adversary. That's where it's coming from. So why on earth are we even entertaining the fact that this is being uh, allowed in our society? Trump, when he was in office, at least to his credit on this one point, um, you know, this one point alone, uh, he did ban it. But as soon as, of course, you know, the Biden administration took over, that was, of course, reversed and it was immediately put back into uh, into effect. So, um, no, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think TikTok is horrible. Somebody told me the other day that uh, they were on it. And I said, are you insane? Like you can you can go into like the TikTok terms of service and they have the ability to activate uh, microphones remotely on devices that you don't have TikTok on, if you can imagine. I don't know how they can do that, but that's what they say in their terms of service. So, okay. Yeah. And this is somehow a good idea. And this is something that we should allow. And more to the point, this is something that Apple and Google allow on their devices. Well, of course, they can't say anything because they do exactly the same thing, don't they? How many times have you seen articles? I mean, every other week, every other month, every few months or whatever, Apple got caught watching their users. Uh, but it was just a it was a, a bug in their latest uh, update and it has been fixed. Yeah, sure. Right. 
Uh, Google got caught watching uh, 100,000 people uh, without their knowledge. But it was just it was that one little problem because it was a it was a glitch in in some sub uh, line of code that didn't get fixed or something like that. But it's been fixed. Don't worry about it. They're not watching you. We're straight back to that desire of Klaus Schwab to see what everybody's thinking, what they're really thinking. And a little short grab of data by Google or TikTok or whoever covers millions of people. And they only have to to listen in for a little while to, to get a general feel. It's like within the security services, listening to normal chatter, stuff across SMSs, Twitter, you know, Facebook, so on. They get to be able to recognize normal harmless chatter but they can also pick out the key points that mean that somebody's organizing somebody's getting ready to do something somebody's planning something and i know for a fact that legislation and security measures are changing across the uk within business to prevent those kind of devices with those apps on getting anywhere near the machines that we actually do our work on. So they are wising up to it, but uh, again, it, it's so prevalent, it's everywhere. And how how do you stop it? Well, it was like during the lockdowns, uh, people that worked for uh, the government or even other uh, corporations, not necessarily uh, Amazon or, or anything like that, but people that have all these, uh, these Alexa devices in their house, they were being told by their employers, you know, the corporate employers, take those things out. Why are you telling your employees to take them out? What, is there something wrong there? Are, are you saying that you don't trust them and we should? Yeah, right. Sure. Not interested. We're going to go ahead and call this one done. Marty, I want to thank you for uh, for being here this week. We'll see you next week, yes? Oh, yes. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. If you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own, we'd appreciate it very much if you'd send them our direction. It's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you both for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday.